Welcome to Ink Feathers podcast where books, tales and verses are brought to life. Today's episode is called Summer of New Beginnings and is written by Anusha Veluswamy. This story is a part of a larger collection of stories called Sheets of a Woman. The editor of this book is Samita Reddy. The story has been beautifully narrated by Anupriya Pandey. Marley sat cross-legged at the edge of her bed, the pastel brown skirt carefully tucked beneath her legs. Her short curly hair was tied into a well-oiled and tight ponytail. A line of wispy black hair drew a faint line above her upper lip. Her sharp eyes continued to peer intently at the bed that held clean cotton skirts and floral garments in all colors, bright and sweet. A ghastly black suitcase sat at the center with its mouth wide open. The white ceiling fan with dust-dipped edges went around in slow circles. Marley loved packing her suitcase every summer. She loved choices and making decisions. It made her feel important. Every year on the second Sunday of April, her parents and she would embark on their journey to visit her grandparents. Mali also looked forward to the 2-hour long drive to her grandparents' village with her parents. She sat behind her parents who spoke in bursts that were widely interspersed with still silence. The music that floated from the car's jukebox seemed to match the path of the cool and untamed Waigai River. Her eyes transfixed on the trees and skies that jogged past her in leisure as their oatmeal shade of the Contessa car slipped in and out of the villages big and small. Summers at her grandparents' home meant frolicking joy, but summers were also frenzied. The mornings galloped away as she sat with her grandmother in the small makeshift outdoor kitchen under the neem tree's shade in the backyard. Mali chatted and listened keenly to her grandmother's stories as her grandmother's effortlessly pressed, folded, rolled, fried and steamed sweets, delicious savouries and treats along with Suma, her help. As much as her grandmother loved to make them, she also loved to pack them in washed and sun-dried glass bottles and tin boxes that would glisten and shine against the sun. By early afternoon, the backyard would smell of ghee and fried oil, the nutty aroma tickling every passerby's nostrils. Later, her grandfather would drop off those neatly packed boxes at the market. The busy mornings were usually followed by a simple meal of lentil rice slapped with ghee followed by a large glass of mildly spiced buttermilk. The afternoons, the quietest part of their day, brought along a peaceful lull. While her grandmother napped loudly under the neem tree in the backyard listening to her silver transistor hiss and flap, Mali would proceed to investigate her grandparents' house exhaustively, uttering sharp internal dialogues audible only to her. 
In the evenings, a few of her summer friends from the village, cousins and her favorite cousin Bhavna would set out with Subbu Thatha to the village's rain-fed reservoir. Subbu Thatha was her grandmother's moody elder brother who lived alone in a one-room house with a large garden on the same street as her grandparents. If it was one of those lucky summers, there would be enough water to jump into the reservoir and play. Else, they would all sit under the trees chatting aimlessly. One of the summers, the entire gang learned from Subbu Thatha how to whistle loudly with their fingers in their mouth. Blowing air forcefully with their sand-dusted fingers stuffed into their mouths, they followed this technique as he stood in the center of the circle, correcting each of them. Before the sun went down, they would all run back home with sun-beaten and glee-dripping faces, closely followed by Subbu Thatha on his noisy moped. The late evening at her grandparents' home were almost meditative. The earthy aromas of coffee and frankincense would float aimlessly around the house. Mali would watch with intent as Suma's slender fingers wrapped the strings around the jasmines to create beautiful jasmines garlands as she gently hummed filmy songs. Just before dinner, along with the garlands of fresh-scented jasmine flowers, Mali and her grandfather would march to the local temple, Angala Mariamam Koi, for the last sight of the goddess before the temple closed for the day. After the prayers, Mali and her grandfather would sit on the cool temple floor and hurriedly eat the food offered to the goddess, sweet rice and mushy cool curd rice. So yes, the summers at her grandparents' home meant frolicking joy, but the summers were also frenzied. 1996, May 4, the calendar announced. Mali's grandmother effortlessly placed freshly strung jasmine flowers on her head. Despite the worry and the age, her grandmother looked resplendent in a yellow-green silk sari. Malli Papa here, drink this. Stay at home today and rest. Don't go with that useless subbu to the reservoir. She lectured as she handed Malli a dented silver tumbler full of cool coconut water. Malli's grandmother then sat briskly on the uncomfortable steel easy chair and motioned Mali to sit on her lap. Mali happily settled on her grandmother's lap and her grandmother continued as she gently stroked Bhavna's thick and sweat-stained hair. A mamma has made your favorite mixture for you today. Mali giggled, enjoying the blatant pampering. She nodded her head as she looked at her grandmother with admiration and love. Fiddling mindlessly with her grandmother's bright ruby ring, she asked, Amamma, what time will you and Tata be back? I will be back for our daily evening temple visit, Mali Papa, wrote Tata, sporting his crisp white veshti and a loud cheery laugh. Mali ran towards him and he proceeded to engulf Mali into a hug. Mali hugged her grandfather and smiled as the ends of his bones nudged her. 
while the grand smell of sandalwood and coffee enveloped her tightly. Ranga, give Mali lunch by 12:30 and don't forget the buttermilk and the ragi halwa too. Instructed Mali's grandmother to Ranga, the house help, as they got into the white ambassador car. Suma, be with Mali at all times," added her grandfather. Mali waved at them cheerfully, even as her eyes began to pool. Mali held Suma's hand tightly, and they walked back home from the gate. She loved her grandparents dearly, and they loved her. And for Mali, that seemed enough for now. Mali could not stop eating the crispy and golden mixture her grandmother had made with her tired and dry hands. She continued to scoop in generous handfuls into her mouth and delighted as the peanuts and cashews teased her as she crunched on the lentils and peas. Tired of eating all day, Mali lay on the charpai under the ample shade of the neem tree. Suma found herself a comfortable spot beside the charpoy and she joyously rattled away with the village gossip. Some of it would have been classified as inappropriate banter for a 13-year-old by her grandmother. The quiet laughter of the winds and the birds' soft chitter-chatter lulled Mali and Suma to sleep. By the time Suma began to stir again, The sun was nearly setting in a blanket of scarlet and orange. Suma quickly sat up straight trying to relax her stiff neck. She looked at the charpoy beside her and found it empty. Her eyes carefully studied the rest of the yard but there were no signs of Mali anywhere. Suma called out for Ranga as she sped across the courtyard looking for Mali. The sound from her heavy silver anklets signaling the plants trees and the birds to wake up as she ran past the bathroom in the courtyard suma heard gentle sobs from within mali open the door called out suma nervously suma stood banging the 100 year old door loudly as she screamed mali papa open the door mali's quiet and fearful voice emerged suma are you alone here Yes only me Mali please come out pleaded Suma swallowing her despair the noise of the bathroom latch scratching and shrieking brought in a burst of relief to Suma Mali opened the door and stepped outside she was wrapped in a spotless white veshti that belonged to her grandfather her face looked tired broken and stained with heavy tears Suma clutched Mali's hand tightly and led her across the courtyard to her grandmother's room in silence. Suma made Mali sit on the massive teakwood bed. Mali looked small and frail on the grand teak bed. With her fists tightly locked, there were little beads of sweat peeping from the sides. Wiping away the sweat on the fabric that clung to her, Mali started Suma I'm going to die. Suma gripped the pole of the bed tightly as she let out a soft gasp. Please inform my parents. I want to see them before I die. She sobbed, struggling to breathe against her tears. Suma felt something hard and heavy hit her stomach. She waited for that heavy feeling and disorientation to leave her body. Her voice shaking with disbelief, she asked quietly, 
What are you saying? Instead of answering Suma's question, Manli began removing the yards of white cloth she had covered herself in. Suma, I'm going to die. Look, said Manli as she unwrapped herself from the white fabric. Suma's stricken face slowly grew into a smile of relief and grateful tears erupted from her eyes as she studied the white cloth and its contents. The scarlet stains on the white cloth were fresh and a few drops of bright crimson blood sat between Mali's dark soft legs. Suma's eyes went heavenward and pulled Mali closer. She held the child who was standing at the edge of a stairway. A small warp in the fabric of time. A moment of time travel between childhood and womanhood. Suma held Mali's delicate warm fingers, stroked her stained cheeks, smoothed the wisp of hair across her face gently and began to explain to Mali the doings of her body. Puzzled, bewildered and even hurt, Mali wept. A part of her rejoiced, but she also felt broken and unready. She felt beautiful, sad and brave, lost and found. Mali then heard the faint rumble of her grandparents' car turning into their street. She dislodged herself from Suma and raced across the neem tree and her grandmother's favorite charpoy in the courtyard toward the sound of the car. She ran as fast as she could, ignoring the warm wave of red sludge trickling between her legs and the sharp pain clawing at her stomach. She ran as fast as she could and as she ran, drops of menstrual blood steamed down her dusky legs and fell on the bare earth like rare ruby petals. The sinus white cloth that wrapped her tender body was now grandly marked with blood stains. Some parts of the white fabric covered her tender breasts and some parts of the fabric flew behind her, flapping their proud wings, announcing the arrival of a legacy to anyone willing to listen. Vaguely, she heard Suma crying behind her. Marley, don't run! Stop! May 4, 1996, the calendar announced. A day Marley was given the power to welcome the wholeness of her beauty in and out. A day she was initiated into a potent journey of healing and deep knowing. A day that would show her no one in the world can stop her ever. A day she was chosen to join the legacy of life keepers and life givers. This was such a meaningful and beautiful story. If you like this episode, do following for this podcast and stay tuned for more. Until then, have a good day. Bye-bye.